The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jewish people. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the dominion of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the dominion of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I've said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you, have, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen. Yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way, that God gave the Son, the only begotten one, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. It is so fitting that a church named Holy Trinity would teach me so much about mystery. After all, the Holy Trinity is one of the most mysterious things of our faith. One God in three persons. Make it make sense. And so, with today being Holy Trinity Sunday and my last liturgy with you as your associate pastor, I think it's also fitting then for us to reflect a bit on our time together in this place we call Holy Trinity and the mystery that we have been invited to embrace and experience here. So let me start by taking you back to the first season of Lent that I spent with Holy Trinity as your pastor in 2016. We read a book by Barbara Brown Taylor called Learning to Walk in the Dark. And little did I know that this book would become a kind of metaphor for my time here. 
Now, don't think for a second that I take for granted the risk that you took on me when you called me to be your pastor. I was only a year out of seminary. I was unproven and idealistic. Not to mention I had a hunger for justice and a penchant for getting arrested at protests. So, But you put your trust and your confidence in me. And even when I stumbled, tripped, and fell, you picked me back up and put me back on my feet. I was and still am in many ways learning to walk in the dark. But thankfully, this is a community that's not afraid of the dark. You know the mystery of God that can be experienced in the unlikeliest and darkest of places, and you don't shy away from those places. And that's maybe because you trust that, as Barbara Brown Taylor writes in her book, that new life starts in the dark. Whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it starts in the dark. Growing up, I was told that nothing good happens after dark, but maybe it's exactly the opposite. Maybe that's where the best stuff happens, if we're brave enough to venture into the dark. And in our gospel reading today, we have a scene where Nicodemus does just that. He ventures into the dark. Now, his reasoning for going out under the cover of darkness was probably because he did not want to be seen with Jesus by his fellow Pharisees. But either way, Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the dark, and what Jesus reveals to him there is mystifying. Jesus tells Nicodemus that no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. To which Nicodemus is understandably confused and says to Jesus, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answers him, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I have said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. One of the things I love most about this utterly confusing interaction is Nicodemus's question. He's so earnest with it. He says, can anyone enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? And let me tell you, I felt that when he said it. Sometimes when I'm reading my newsfeed or just looking at the news in general and I'm getting overwhelmed, I think to myself, oh, how nice it might be to enter back into my mother's womb where it was safe. But then again, I have to stop and think, was my mother's womb even as safe as I imagined it was? Tara and I are exactly two months away from our baby's due date. And let me tell you, nothing about it feels safe. We anxiously question everything about the pregnancy, everything that's happening. Even recently, we had a scare because Tara had eaten some bean sprouts that came in her pad thai. And little did we know that bean sprouts can sometimes carry listeria. And this is our fear when we have access to Google and you Chicago doctors. Can you imagine what 
birth was like in the first century, how risky it was. And that's the metaphor that Jesus uses when speaking with Nicodemus. And Jesus uses this metaphor to convey what it looks like to enter the kingdom of God. So in other words, he's saying that only through the vulnerable, mysterious miracle of birth can we enter the kingdom of God. And this is more than just passively being born. Jesus is troubling our idea of being born again by inviting us into the act of labor, which by its very nature is risk. So to enter the kingdom of God through the act of labor in the first century, wherein the majority of women were dying in labor, means that entering the kingdom of God requires a trust in our most vulnerable of moments and a willingness to risk in order to experience the miracle of life in all its fullness. That's a tall order to ask with all that's happening in the world around us. And there will be times where we might just desire to get back into our mother's womb and stay there and not come out until things change. But there is a new world waiting for us just beyond the darkness of the womb if we just breathe and push and labor it into being just as God has labored us into being. Valerie Kaur, a Sikh activist and lawyer, she gave a speech during a watch night service at the Metropolitan AME Church on December 31st, 2016. And she said it beautifully. Yes, the future is dark. So the mother in me asks, what if? What if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? What if our America is not dead, but a country that is waiting to be born? What if the story of America is one long labor? What if all our grandfathers and grandmothers are standing behind us now, those who survived occupation and genocide, slavery and Jim Crow, detentions and political assault, what if they are whispering in our ears, you are brave? What if this is our nation's greatest transition? What does the midwife tell us to do? Breathe and then push. Because if we do not push, we will die. If we do not push, our nation will die. Tonight we will breathe. Tomorrow we will labor in love, through love. And your revolutionary love is the magic we will show our children. Powerful stuff from Valerie Cower. And I have hope that she's right. That America is not in the darkness of our tomb, but the, rather the darkness of the womb. But even recognizing that we are in the dark is a difficult confession in its own right. Let alone believing that our present darkness is not the end, but just the beginning. But that's the kind of honest hope that we need right now. The kind of honest hope that will give us the ability to put one foot in front of the other and begin learning to walk in the dark. Each step will bring mystery, risk, vulnerability, and no doubt we will even stumble, trip, and fall, but we can trust that God, the God who so loved the world, will pick us back up and put us back on our feet. This is the same God that created you and has called you, saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? 
even in the dark when we cannot see, we can still hear God's voice and we can answer, Here am I. Send me. I was talking recently with a friend whose child just turned one. And her child is already walking and has been for some time. And I told her how amazed I was that she can get around campus so well already at this young age. My friend said that the key to this is that she doesn't have her child walk around with her holding her hands, you know, like we sometimes do with kids. She said that, yeah, she falls more, but with each fall, she builds more stabilizer muscles in her core, in her, in her legs, and in her feet. And when I heard her say that, in a mysterious way, it resonated with my experience here at Holy Trinity. You all have given me so much freedom to try and to fail and to walk and to even fall. And because of that freedom, it has made me a more balanced pastor. We often say here that Holy Trinity is a teaching parish. As we have supervised many MIC seminarians and interns, I'm on that list as well. But maybe given the way that we teach with such openness and freedom, we are more of a learning parish than a teaching parish. It's like we know we can't just take people's hands and lead them to where they're going since we are all in the dark here. So instead, we just invite those who join us to learn with us as we walk together in the dark, picking each other up every time any of us stumble, trip, or fall. The Holy Trinity is mysterious, and this place of Holy Trinity will always be synonymous with mystery to me. And it's precisely because of that openness to the mystery that we have been able to be bold in so many different ways. We can be bold to learn about and dismantle racism together, even when it implicates us. We can be bold to provide our confirmation students and our Life Together catechumens with a space to doubt and to ask big questions and to not appease them with easy answers or cliches. We have been able to be bold because of this ministry to co-create with God and to labor with God as we birth the kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And whether we are near or far, we can continue to be bold in this ministry and in this mystery to risk another step, taking one after another, putting one foot in front of the other as we vulnerably but bravely learn to walk in the dark. Amen.